So, all that art you're making, who are you making it for? I make art for the people lost on the road in the journey we call life. How about you, Snakehouse? Okay. Congregation, please rise. Today we are reading from the Book of Influence. Again? Yep, again. Oh boy. You are listening to Make Art Not Content, brought to you by The Mystery School. The Mystery School? What's that? The Mystery School is an online program that helps creatives all over the world conquer the biggest obstacle they face themselves. Enroll today at makeartnotcontent.com. Who do you make your art for? There's no right or wrong answer to this question, okay? But if you can't answer the question at all, dude, you might be in trouble. The reason this question is so important is because of how much the answer influences your results. Look, in your life as an artist, you're probably going to go through three major stages that I can think of. And how quickly you go through those stages just depends on the particular artistic journey that you happen to be on. So let's go on that journey right now. Let's be the ghost of Christmas future and show you what you can expect. Starting with the first stage, the I make art for myself stage. I'm doing art for myself. I came to this world to heal my soul through the arts. Who do I make my art for? Making my art for myself. Okay, so I have a friend. We'll call her Sophia. Five years ago, poetry was her thing. She called it part of her healing process. And she was pretty true to that. She never really shared her poetry with anybody. But I see people all the time who say they make art for themselves, but then they're all torn up inside when people don't like it. You know, like those DJs who play the music that they want to play, but then they get mad when no one's dancing. I make art only for myself is something people love to say because, let's be honest, it sounds cool. It makes you sound like you're making art that's more pure, more uncompromised than anyone else. Here's the thing. I think that making art for yourself is a crucial first step when you're just starting out. This is the time to experiment, especially if you're still at the copying your influences stage. You're just trying to make something that you actually like. Take Phineas, for example, Billie Eilish's brother producer. He made music for himself for like five years before he shared anything with anyone. And I didn't really make anything that I thought sounded good at all for probably, you know, five years. But at a certain point, just like he did, you realize that making art only for yourself isn't enough. And then when I was like 18, I made Ocean Eyes for my sister. And I remember being like, this is good. After like many years of really bad stuff. And that maybe you want to really turn this into a career. So you go searching for some higher ground. Who do you make your art for? I make art with my peers in mind, just to remind myself kind of that we're not alone. Who do I make art for? The kids who don't have comfort at home. The kids who dress up at night and run away from people who try to dictate their lives. Punks, goths, and witches. It's a fantasy. Somewhere along the way you will realize, or rationalize, that taking the outside world into consideration isn't such a bad thing. It doesn't automatically mean that you're pandering. You just want to share the wealth. You start wanting to move people with your art. You want to communicate with them, especially when you realize that your biggest influences are artists who've made art with other people in mind. 
and they don't suck. You know, artists like David Bowie, like Quentin Tarantino, Maya Angelou, Joaquin Phoenix. So Sophia grew out of poetry and started acting. She approached that completely different. From day one, she always wanted feedback. She was constantly refining and trying to make her appearances on her little videos that much better. Even when she started going live on Instagram, she would iterate ideas to make it more dynamic. Her goal at that point was to become a movie star. She wanted to be famous and, you know, make money from her art. So you try to figure out how to monetize and you start playing the game, making your work more accessible. But what you may not realize is that in this realm, you will be in direct competition with people who have no artistic bone in their body. And those people, they studied the game and they know how to get eyeballs on their work better than you. And they know how to sell themselves better than you. And some of them have the kind of money that could outwork any natural talent that you were born with. Because the truth is, it doesn't take artistic skill to be commercial. All it takes is a knack for acute observation, a little human psychology, and add a willingness for manipulation. And in time, anyone can make something that connects with a mainstream audience and even sell it as art. If you're good at navigating the politics and you follow Robert Greene's 48 Laws of Power to the letter, you may win at this game or you may become bitter for life. But if you do manage to make it through this phase alive, and hopefully very, very quickly, you'll come to realize that this doesn't quite fit either. So you'll go searching again. Who do you make your art for? You know, I have a motto. It's voice for the voiceless. That's why I create art for the kids with no voice. I make art for the people that are going to be here when I'm not here. My family members, my children. And then you reach rarefied air in the third phase of understanding who you're making your art for you finally come back to yourself again but now you have a different goal in mind now your mission is to create a language that could communicate from your inner soul to someone else's inner soul you realize that the best art starts with pure self-expression, but it's created for the purpose of elevating a particular audience. Not everyone, just your people. Before you got to this phase, you were afraid, deathly afraid, that if you were too specific, too niche, that you'd lose. But then you realize, do you hate sushi because it's too specific? Do you hate underground hip-hop because it's too specific? Do you hate Basquiat because he's too specific? We love things that are specific. And the beauty is, they want you to keep it pure. That's what is attracting them in the first place. Because this kind of art can't be copied. It's a one-of-one. One. Content can be duplicated and mass-produced. But art, it lives and dies with the artist. And that's what Sophia's doing now. She's not trying to be the face of anything. If she becomes a movie star, as far as she's concerned, it'll be by accident. She's back to her first love, writing. 
She's digging into her soul and it hurts, but she's learning to laugh at the pain. She's also getting lots of feedback to make sure it's translating properly. You don't have to believe in yourself in order to create art. You only need to believe in your audience. You only need to believe that communicating with them is important enough that your personal demons are worth bringing into battle. When you're making art from your authentic self, but for your people, the only component that has to be there every single time is the truth. Is the truth.